Welcome to Dragoncast. Home of House of the Dragon. Gather your small council, send out your ravens and call in your bannermen. I'm Hand of the King Jamie East, here to guide you through the insane world of Westeros and beyond. Welcome, welcome everybody. Uh, it is a very strange recording time for us. It's Thursday, it's 6.27. You're listening to Dragoncast, I'm Jamie East. And I am Chris Mandel. Now things probably look a bit different if you're watching this on our YouTube channel, which you really should, please, because it takes so long to edit video compared to just mm-hmm. like audio. Like if you just want to see our beautiful faces and you don't want to pay for either of our OnlyFans, you can just go and get it all on YouTube. It's all there. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, there's no feet, but um, but with, you know, our faces are there anyway. But um, yeah. You've just you just finished work, love. Good good day at the I office. I have just in. That's why I'm wearing a shirt. Oh, uh, okay. I had time to empty the dishwasher before oh. we jumped on the record. Who loads the dishwasher? Is it you or Rob? Shared, shared. I bet yeah. you do it better than Rob, though, don't you? I well, I'm. I wouldn't want to say. <laughs> Everyone thinks they load the dishwasher the correct way. Everyone's got a system. That's yeah. what I've learned. Mine's the neat system. Everyone else is in my house. It's just they like the chaos theory. Yeah, but sometimes it's like, I'm going to go a bit chaos because, like, if I can't, I just want to get it full and I get everything in. And you're, that you're, you're not problems. thinking of Yeah, you're not thinking of tomorrow, Chris. That's not thinking problem, of tomorrow, though. no, exactly. Yeah. Same, with, same with the washing machine. Put your knives have, all together in the, in, the, in the thing, then it's easier to like, take them out and just put them away. It takes, oh, anyway. Yeah, I, I'm a big, big advocate for that. Mm. Um, but, Cut, you know, cutlery upside down or face up? This is what the listeners want. <laughs> there was someone who got in touch last week being like, it took a long time for you two to start talking about Game of Thrones. Oh, to, God, that yeah. Person, yeah. to that person, all I want to say is, I hope you're enjoying our cutlery chat. <laughs> <laughs> I doubt very much they've come back for a second edition. Um, anyway, how are you? You you have lots of exciting news because you're in a in a very upmarket I, hotel by the looks well, of things. Uh, I am in a hotel. I'm in a hotel in Oxfordshire, in, well, in Oxford. Uh, I've been hosting, I've been covering, uh, Matt Richardson's been on holiday. He, he does the breakfast show on Jack mm-hmm. FM and I have been uh, covering for him. It's been a while since I've done any live radio or live music radio and did it for the first time today. It was great. Really, really good fun. It's, you know, I forgot, forgot how much fun it is. So yeah. Anyone listening, you know, that wants to either give me a job or give Matt Richardson a free holiday, then two people yeah, win. Yeah, that would be good. That's if fine. people could get, get Matt on holiday more, you'd be able to step in more. Precisely. Can people listen to it? Can people go online yeah. and listen to it? Yeah, although by the time this comes out, I'll, I'll be off. I'm only doing two days for now. Yeah, um, but people might want to listen to yesterday. To, That's a yeah, thing. true. I'm sure it's on catch-up. Jackfm.co.uk. He says... That's a good URL to have secured for that radio station. It is. Yeah, it might not even be right, but yeah, there we go. Anyway, so I'm I'm here, uh, like relying on hotel Wi-Fi, which we all know Mm. is is just a beautiful thing. uh, Some of the best. Some of the best. But um, so the reason we're doing this now is because we only have two episodes left of Game of Thrones. Um, We are doing the live stream of the final episode the iron throne at some point next week at some point at yes. some point next week um but we realized that because we've been, we've been doubling up and doing two episodes at a time we don't think people really wanted a live stream of two hours of two us hours. staring at a screen so um so we're doing the bells now that's what mm. we're here for now I'm- before we get into it before we get into it let's give people a quick recap on yep. the bells because i forgot to do this on last week uh <laughs> Here's the the bells, season eight, episode uh, five of Game yeah. of Thrones. Back in a tick. We begin with Varys in his chambers at Dragonstone. He's writing one of the many notes revealing Jon Snow's true identity, weakening Daenerys' claim to the Iron Throne. But we don't yet know who he's sending them to. Martha, one of Varys' little birds who works in the kitchens, arrives and tells him that Daenerys is refusing to eat. Varys tells her they will try again at supper, implying that he might have been trying to poison his queen's food. Later, he greets Jon Snow as he arrives on the island, with Jon bringing news that their army is only a few days away from King's Landing. Varys reveals that he knows about Jon's real parents and tries to persuade him to seize the throne, as Daenerys may succumb to the fabled Targaryen madness. But Jon's having none of it and remains loyal to his queen. 
Tyrion watches the exchange from afar and realises he must tell Daenerys what Varys is up to. He finds her in the war room looking as though she's barely slept in weeks, clearly missing her hairdresser Missandei. Tyrion tells her she's been betrayed, but Daenerys has already deduced that Jon told Sansa, who told Tyrion, who told Varys. Tyrion tries to persuade Daenerys that he made a mistake rather than something intentionally treasonous, but she doesn't seem too convinced. Later that evening, Varys is arrested in his chambers and brought to the beach, where Daenerys, her advisers and Drogon are waiting. Tyrion confesses that he was the one who grasped him up, but Varys forgives him and says goodbye, but not before saying that he hopes he's wrong about Daenerys' ruthlessness. Daenerys calmly sentences Varys to die, and Drogon burns him alive in the same spot that Melisandre made her original sacrifice to the Lord of Light all those years ago. Later on, Daenerys gives Grey Worm Missandei's old slave collar, which was the only possession she brought with her across the narrow sea. Grey Worm recognises quite rightly that this is a terrible gift and throws it in the fire. Daenerys allows Jon Snow to come speak with her, but immediately blames Sansa for Varys' death and laments that she will never be loved in Westeros like Jon is, saying that all she has on her side is fear. Jon tells Daenerys he loves her and that he's loyal to her as his queen, which encourages Daenerys to seduce Jon, but he can't bring himself to go through with it. Daenerys doesn't take the rejection well and decides that fear will have to do instead of love. In the throne room, she announces her intention to sack King's Landing and orders the rest of her men to sail there immediately. Tyrion is horrified and begs her to allow the Lannister forces to surrender if she hears the city bells ringing. He also learns that Jaime's been captured trying to return to Cersei, and Daenerys warns him that if he fails her again, he's going to end up dead. Ever the rebel, Tyrion instantly betrays Daenerys upon arriving at King's Landing by asking Davos to help him smuggle something into the city. That evening, Arya and the Hound swan past the lax northern security and make their way into King's Landing. Elsewhere in the camp, Tyrion pulls rank over the soldiers guarding Jaime and tells his brother he'll free him so he can try and persuade Cersei to surrender for the sake of their unborn child, telling him to head beneath the Red Keep to the room full of dragon skulls where they met last season. From there, Jaime and Cersei are to use a tunnel to reach the Blackwater, or a boat will be waiting for them setting sail to Pentos. Before their escape, he's to ring the bells to signal the Lannister surrender and save the population of King's Landing from Daenerys' wrath. Tyrion releases his brother and thanks him for being the only person who was ever kind to him as a child. We all share in their tearful goodbye. Day breaks over King's Landing and the Iron Fleet await the beginning of Daenerys' siege. Civilians barricade themselves in their homes to wait it out. The Golden Company, led by Harry Strickland, meets Daenerys' army outside the city walls, while Lannister soldiers aim Kyburn's scorpion crossbows at the sky in preparation for Drogon. Arya and the Hound make it inside the Red Keep just in time before the gates are shut, but Jaime isn't so lucky, and is forced to take an alternate route to find Cersei, who's watching her forces assemble from a window of the castle. On his ship, Euron sees Daenerys and Drogon arrive, and battle commences. Drogon gets to work with brutal efficiency, and Euron has to abandon ship. So much for the Iron Fleet. Not content just to take out the entire Greyjoy martyr in one fell swoop, Drogon destroys the city gates and decimates all that stand in the way. So much for the Golden Company. Harry Strickland flees as Daenerys' army charge towards the city in a scene that's reminiscent of Jon's stand against the Boltons at the Battle of the Bastards. Harry Strickland swiftly meets the pointy end of Grey Worm's spear. Aided by Drogon, Daenerys' army heads further into the city and Tyrion watches the carnage unfold behind them. In the Red Keep, Kyburn tries to warn Cersei that the battle is lost with the Iron Fleet and the Scorpions destroyed. Cersei maintains that the Red Keep will not fall today and that the Lannister men will fight fiercely to protect their queen. Hmm. Sure enough, Jon's vanguard of soldiers falls into a standoff with a group of Lannisters who promptly admit defeat in the face of the overwhelming odds. A cry goes up around the city to ring the bells, the sign that Tyrion told Daenerys meant the city was surrendering. It's a tense few moments, but finally the bells begin to ring. Don't break out the Prosecco just yet though, things get really bleak. On top of Drogon, Daenerys stares at the Red Keep with tears of rage in her eyes. Her vengeance has been denied her. Or has it? She begins to fly towards the castle, strafing the surrendered soldiers and civilians of King's Landing with dragonfire for good measure. This encourages Grey Worm to initiate an attack on the Lannisters, much to Jon's horror, but all rules of combat have been thrown out of the window. King's Landing becomes a bloodbath. Men, women and children are being killed in the streets, either by dragonfire, collapsing buildings or the cruelty of Daenerys' army. 
Caches of wildfire, perhaps the ones the Mad King was rumoured to have stashed around King's Landing, begin to explode as flames spread throughout the city. John saves a woman from being raped by a northern soldier, but try as he might, he's unable to shake his men of their bloodlust. Drogon reaches the Red Keep and begins to destroy the building, just as Jaime arrives at the secret entrance to the castle, where he's met by Euron. Euron goads Jaime into a fight by telling him he slept with Cersei, and after a brutal scuffle, stabs Jaime twice in his side. Jaime scrambles for his sword and ultimately impales Euron. See you, Euron, you mad, wonderful nutcase. Inside the Red Keep, Arya and the Hound make their way towards their targets, Cersei and the Mountain, respectively. The Hound stops Arya and warns her not to become consumed by vengeance like he has, and Arya seems to take this to heart, thanking him and calling him Sandor for the first time before leaving. With the Red Keep collapsing around her, Cersei finally admits defeat and flees the castle with Kyburn, the Mountain and her soldiers. They meet the Hound on a staircase, who takes out Cersei's guards before challenging his brother to a fight to the death. The Mountain, who in his undead state has always followed orders, seems to recognise the Hound. Kyburn orders the Mountain to protect Cersei, but he smashes Kyburn's head against the wall, killing him instantly. It's the same thing he did to Elia Martell's children during Robert's rebellion in the last successful siege of King's Landing. Cersei sensibly tiptoes past the pair like Homer Simpson disappearing into a hedge, and the mountain and the hound begin to duel. As the castle crumbles further, Jaime finds his sister, and the twins head down to the bottom of the castle to make their escape. Back on the staircase, the hound lands what ought to be a killing blow on the mountain, stabbing him through the stomach. But lest we forget, the mountain isn't strictly alive anymore, and he won't go down quite so easily. He throws the hound down the stairs and viciously attacks his brother again and again. Outside, Arya tries to escape the city and gets caught up with the terrified civilians. As she runs for her life, she sees the innocent victims of the war, those bleeding out in the streets with crushed limbs and horrific burns, and is nearly trampled by the crowd but gets pulled to her feet by a woman and her young daughter before being hit by a burst of rubble. The Clegane brothers continue to face off, but no matter how many times the hound stabs his brother, it keeps on coming. The mountain pins the hound to the wall and tries to gouge out his eyes just as he did to Oberyn Martell back in season 4. But the hound pulls Lyanna Mormont and stabs the mountain through the head, but even this doesn't make a difference. Finally realising what must be done, the hound charges at his brother, tackling the mountain through the crumbling walls of the tower. The Clegane brothers fall to their deaths in the fire below the castle. See you Sandor, you chicken-eating hero. As the flames threaten to engulf everyone in King's Landing, John orders Daenerys' army to fall back out of the city. Elsewhere, Arya narrowly avoids being crushed by a collapsing tower. She tries to rescue the woman and child who save her from being trampled, but they're both incinerated by Drogon. In the bowels of the Red Keep, Jaime and Cersei arrive at the tunnel to Blackwater Bay, but the damage to the castle has blocked off the entrance. The Lannister twins realise they can't escape, and Cersei finally begs for her life and that of their unborn child. Jamie holds her and reminds his sister that they're the only people that matter in the world, and together the Queen and Kingslayer, left with absolutely nothing, are crushed by the collapsing Red Keep. The Queen is dead. Arya sits frozen in shock, watching the death and desolation unfold around her as the city burns. But amid the chaos, an ethereal white horse appears, and she slowly approaches it. The horse allows her to mount it, and Arya gallops out of the smouldering remains of King's Landing. There you go. You're all up to speed. Uh, what were you about to say, Chris, before I rudely interrupt you? I was about to say, I'm glad we've given this its own episode. I am now, actually. Because I thought it was great. <laughs> there was... It was I was quite surprised at myself for that. Yeah, and... Well, what's happening here, which is slightly weird, is that is that we've not come up with a Duff episode in season eight yet. No, although I didn't, re- I didn't really like last week's. Which um, one was that? What the episode? The last of the stars. Five. Oh, the last of the stars. Yeah, fair yeah. enough. Fair enough. Yeah, maybe that was a bit, um, bit mid-season. But baggage. I thought, you know, when we talked about episode three, the long night again, I, I, I enjoyed it, but it was. It, the stuff about it being really dark or confusing, you can sort of learn to appreciate those on a rewatch. But what I thought about this episode after watching The Long Night, I was like, that is how you do a big multi-million explosive battle episode. I mean, I thought it yeah. was just really 
sick like it was amazing sick and as I, in yo man sick man, as in like young G. person sick yeah, not like men, i mean i did feel yeah. physically sick watching some of these aerial shots yeah but yeah they know it that. felt like um i think because we know what happens to people and we're not watching on the first on the first go through you're just like i want to know what happens here I've had all this time to think oh God, about what's going to exactly happen. The same thing. I wrote exactly the same thing. That I just think you enjoy it a bit more. And like <laughs> one of the things that I think at the time I thought was a real mess was Jamie and Cersei sort of dying under the castle. Yeah. And on a rewatch, I was like, yeah, Felt you know, pretty good. Yeah, some people get a shit hand. I think weirdly, like watching a show like Succession, which we have just finished. Yeah. You know, everything does end. It's not neat. It's a little messy and a little yeah. scraggly. And I sort of think maybe that applied to the Thrones framework is quite useful because it's like yeah. not everyone can have a big heroic moment. Jamie didn't really have a big heroic and also, moment. They don't really deserve, you know, I remember at the time, oh my God, Cersei's death. And mm. I kind of felt it as well. It was a bit kind of like, oh, is that it? Is that all Cersei mm. gets? Is that, mm. but actually she got what she deserved which was like yeah. an unceremonious drubbing and buried with the only person that liked her yeah you know? yeah and just but, trapped they're just really trapped i thought it was I really felt, yeah, good i i wrote down that i forgot that we didn't know aria lived <laughs> because it's like yeah. there's, there's that whole sequence where she's like in the in the, the the kind of corridors and the little down. streets of streets of uh, King's Landing and keeps yeah. getting like keeps cutting to her between her and the Hound, uh, and I remember like thinking, being quite relaxed watching it now, like looking mm. out for subtleties and things. But I remember the first time around, going, kind of "Oh shit, is Arya going to die? Is that has she yeah. served her purpose, killing the killing the Night King?" Is that? And it, yeah, it sort of annoys me that they do that because it's like. You know, you don't need, I just don't know if you need cliffhangers when it's like, it's like a six hour film, basically, right? Yeah. This series. Yeah. I find it a little, not cheeky, but it's like, you don't need to, people are going to come back next week. But yeah, that whole thing with her, I thought worked really well. Just yeah. her general storyline. Can we talk the, about symbology? Does, is that a word? Symboli- symbolism. Symbolism. That's the one. And that. Uh, yes, I've been, we can. I've been studying biologism. I've not been studying biologism. That's something very different. Um, <laughs> not for this yeah, podcast, symbolism. I'm afraid. Yeah. So the, symboli- the symbolism of, of this. Has it been explained? Have you? Did you ever find out? Because I remember being quite confused about the white horse. Um, is it, did it mean I anything in the end? Because no. Because I remember us all thinking that was like... I think it's one of those things that... That was, his, that was Lady... There was even a point... That people thought Lady Stoneheart was going to appear. Yeah, in that yeah, episode. yeah, yeah, yeah. Do you remember? Yeah, yeah. I thought I remember one that was like, um, "Oh, it's actually grey, and she trained at the House of Black and White, and she's gone on the grey." And actually, what I think it is is when you're shooting a scene that's like that, you just want a horse that stands out really well. And so, yeah. you know, there's something pure about it. And and but I I think like, and obviously there's loads of horses in the episode so they sort of need one that it doesn't look like oh a random right. horse but okay. no i mean i do th- i do think on the rewatch a little bit especially when it went off book i've sort of avoided trying to read the tea leaves too much because i think one of two things can happen you have one total fucking coincidence yeah. and two they overdo some of the symbolism like i think um like there's lots of callbacks to things in this episode, and I think like like the Cleganes, um, he picks a, um, the hound picks up his brother and tries to do the thing that the mountain did with the Pedro um, thing, yeah, Oberyn, yeah. it's stuff like that that I think like it's kind of cool that you sort of watch it and you're like, oh yeah, I get that, but also. Yeah. I don't know if it really does anything other than make you feel well, like... I read that. I, th- I kind of like looked at that as thinking, that's not like a threat. It's not a, it's not like a cheeky nod to the, to the fans to kind of go, yeah, you see what we did there? We've back referenced that. That was literally his move. That's, yeah. that's, that's, that's what he probably does. Do you know what I mean? Oh yeah. I think I got them. I got their names mixed up. I just said the hound did it to the mountain, but it would have been... There's the other way. I, I think sometimes I think they can, like, you can almost imagine them being like, okay, how can we stuff more references in here? You know, 
And I think sometimes that can just be a little suffocating. But at the same time... Well, it pulls uh, you out of the story, doesn't it? It pulls you out yeah, of the plot. Yeah, it's just... It's, but I think it's just... It's, I think Game of Thrones got really good at knowing that its audience was paying a lot of attention. Hmm. Um, and a lot of other shows do this now. And, and Game of Thrones got very good at being like, oh, this is going to look really good on a screenshot compared to the, the scene from last time. And I think yeah, yeah, yeah. a lot of television now... Succession is a really good example of a show that knows its audience are curating every single scene and that it's, it's, and so we're just seeing that on like a really extreme scale. Well, you, but have to block, you have to block out and bear memes in mind when you're doing it. Absolutely. Yeah. I think, yeah. and I think they build a lot around moments, you know, even the, the hound and the mountain on that sort of crumbling staircase. I mean, it looks like something out of a, like on a tapestry or something, you know, it's yeah. this tableau. I mean, it's, it's the, the intention was like, we have to make this look like a, a piece of, beautiful like war art mm. but then that is a storyline that i think most i i thought this at the time like most fans are like wait why are those guys angry at each other again like because the mountain's been played by three different actors the hound and him haven't been together i mean they saw each other in season seven but like they spent the whole show apart and you'd yeah. be forgiven for going like so there, this this is a big showdown because why? Because why? Other than other than well, the thing is, it's like like I think you're right because by the time we got to that scene, it was called Clegane Bowl on yeah. like Reddit and all of, the, and it was just it was just a thing that people wanted to see. Yeah. The backstory didn't matter. It was just I think there was a little bit of if we shout if we say Clegane Bowl enough and loud enough, they'll yeah. put it in, and actually. They did. And I don't know whether they would have done, I don't know if that was a, I don't know if it was a kind of like fan service. I doubt it, but you know, there's a, they did kind of ask for that moment and got it. And it was yeah. one of the few things that, they, some of the few things that they actually did get. I would call it, I would call it fan service personally. Cause I think at this point in the story, when like there are so many plates spinning, that mm. feels like one that you could let smash. I didn't, you know, and I'm, I'm like, this is one of the areas that I'm a bit of, a, I'm a bit pointed about. I'm like, you have put that in on principle alone. Like, I don't know anyone who's like, first of all, the mountain hasn't said a word since he was brought back to life. So right, it's exactly. like, it's a bit like the night King problem where you're like, I can see why it matters for the hound. And obviously for the hound, it's like a big moment. And I, but, but like, it's a one-sided there's, it's a one-sided kind of tension. So you're like... Well, there's that moment that they, they, they all of a sudden gave the mountain a bit of conscious choice, didn't they? Because he disobeyed Cersei and yeah. then smashed Kyburn to bits when he kind of like stepped in, which is yeah. a bit, like you say, kind of like, it's like, oh, he, he does know what's going on. He's just being yeah. a miserable twat. You know, he's just choosing not to speak to people then. Yeah, it's weird. I mean, I do think the Hound, I think they've done a really good job with him and... I really liked his stuff with Arya and like, there's just a yeah. lot where him and Arya, he, he kind of went one way and was like, you don't want to end up like me kid, like go and get yeah, out of here. Will, like revenge will, revenge will end up eating you. Yeah. Yeah. And I thought that was done really well. And I mm. think, yeah, it was sad. The thing I'm kind of confused about just on a pure, like again, like putting the cart in front of the horse, he couldn't kill his brother so he was like, the only way to kill him is if I throw him off the building and we, but then how would you know, why would that kill him? Is it because it's fire because he's undead? No, yeah. Or is be. it the, f I, if, if I, if stabbing him doesn't work, I'm just going to like break his bones. Like part of me was like the, the point that yeah. you're getting, the, the conclusion you're getting to, I'm like, I'm sorry, have you I have not thought this out at all. <laughs> and the yeah, idea of them launching off this building is more exciting than like, yeah, yeah, I don't know. I think, yeah, I think, I, I guess, I don't know. I mean, he was going to, he was dying anyway. He was stabbed to bits. He was a bit like Jamie. He was yeah. kind of blinded in one eye, maybe, could barely yes, see. yeah, blinded in You one know, eye. had no other rolls of the dice apart from that. That was all he could do, really. Just and throw then, his weight behind him. And, and then it becomes someone else's problem. And, you know. Um, but I do want to say, because I think we've started a little bit critically, like Sorry, generally, yes. generally, I think this episode is, is, is really good. I think it works. Um, I think obviously like there's a lot of stuff about the characters, decisions, like things pivoting that happen so fast. And I mm. don't really feel like any warmer towards some of those things, but we have talked about those quite a lot in the previous episodes. So yeah. I do want to say like it, it is, 
in a, as a rewatch, I think it's really good. It looks incredible. Yeah, it really it does. Is is like it the the dis- Sorry, carry on. It's like the destruction of Pompeii or something. Like the fact yeah. it's in daylight is immediately exciting. But Yeah, very different. So it's the first, probably the first, bat- well, maybe Hard Home is in daylight, Battle of the Bastards was in daylight too. But um, is it the first battle where the baddies win? Does that... Well, is that, is that, is that, is that, that, that's what I wrote down. It's like, hang on a second. Mm. Is Daenerys... Well, I guess the Lannisters won Blackwater. They were the baddies. Oh yeah, sorry, I'm thinking of uh, Battle of the Bastards. Beg your pardon. Yeah. Um, it's bleak though, because I think it sort of implies, that it's like, look, you know, it's just throwing the whole toy set off the table, isn't it, a bit? It's just yeah. like the whole thing's smashed. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and... It's really affecting. I mean, they they built fake buildings to blow up. You know, it was all like some of these things they could only do once, couldn't they? Yeah. Well, this was the um, this was like the best thing when they were making this. I think a lot of this, a lot of the internal shots and and the red keep and stuff is all was all set was all the sets were all at um, Belfast and the Titanic Studios and like Mm -hmm. they were the ones that I visited and um, they'd like gone to so such like secrecy. And like drone killers and, you know, all of that kind of stuff and keeping the paparazzi away and stuff. But then like they had a problem where they had to destroy King's Landing and there was nothing they could do except set fire to it in a car park opposite the Titanic Museum in Belfast. And everyone's just stood there eating their sandwiches watching, oh, King's Landing's burning down, I see. (laughs) (laughs) Because they were just literally stood in the car park next door and there was, because of the scale of it, they couldn't disguise what was happening. There was just plumes of smoke um, everywhere. Before season eight came out, I did a piece for The Guardian. I did a reported story on, um, it was Game of Thrones was ending, Star Wars saga was ending, and Avengers was ending. And I wrote a piece about all the ways that they're preventing spoilers from leaking and and that spoiler culture is just like a really dangerous force that these shows aren't really equipped to prepare uh, against. And the, the big thing for season eight of Game of Thrones was that the scripts were not printed they were only on ipads and mm-hmm. after you read them they deleted and a lot of the cast had earpieces with their lines being fed to them because they were just not not they just didn't want anything getting out and just it's really crazy but the, the big one is the anti-drone um technology that they had uh mm. on, on this and star wars and also that a lot of shows now they try and film as close to airports as they can because drones obviously can't fly anywhere near them but it's yeah. astonishing the amount that they would go to i mean one of the famous ones on avengers is that tom holland uh wasn't allowed to know which cgi character he was fighting in one scene so they were like he didn't he didn't know he literally knew nothing about um one of the fights he didn't know who was there because he's crazy it is it's really mad and it is yeah. an interesting if it again like we we talk about house of the dragon a little bit as they're doing season two i have peaked at occasional bits at set photos there are like some yeah. big ass spoilers on there are there uh, okay and they yeah, i don't know if they feel like they can't police it or if they're not as bothered because they're like well <clears throat> i feel as though and i know we're getting off topic um I feel as though the interest in spoilers has died down a little bit now. And I think think people, viewers are reaching a bit of an equilibrium. People realise that there's nothing to gain from spoiling it. People never really thank you for it. So spoilers, like you say, spoilers are out there if you want them, but it's no longer getting front page of papers or yeah, above the fold on, on mail online yeah. or any of those kind of sites, because, you know, you, you look at the, the vitriol against the LA times and the mail for um, episode three of succession, this final season, you know, that, that was a rare moment where spoilers were done, but that was even, mm. that was as it aired. I don't think anyone would thank anybody. No, you know? I, don't, I last, don't like seeing spoilers. The last two episodes of succession, you know, I got up in the morning got on my phone and there wasn't like, it wasn't like in front of you. It was kind of code. Yeah. It's bro code. Yeah. It's kind of there. You, if you looked long enough, you could find stuff, but it was like, yeah. Anyway, one thing we should say about this episode is we said goodbye to 
Varys. Yes, that's top of my list. My question was now, you know, if rumours are to be believed, uh, he was not best pleased with his uh, with the ending he was given. Yeah, that's what I heard. I didn't like the actual death moment. I just thought no. it was a bit. I don't know whether it was a cost CGI, whatever. I just it didn't feel as though it had an impact, particularly when we'd mm. had Missande the previous episode have a big moment, and most people have a moment. You know, he was killed off screen. We didn't really see anything, but I actually thought leading up to that. I thought it was great. I thought he yeah. had like, you know, it was a bit, it was kind of, you know, he had his moment. He you did. Know? I think it's difficult because it's in, inextricable from like, he's just decided that Daenerys is like going to be shit now. Yeah. And her, her heel turn has, has been coming. I think we've definitely picked up on it a bit more on the rewatch, but it does feel like everyone decided she's a lost cause really suddenly. But something I picked up on that I don't think I noticed at the time is at the start of the episode, he's talking to this, one, one of his servants or children or whatever. Yeah. And he, he's like, she's not eating, she's not eating. And he says, all right, we'll try again at supper time or dinner time mm-hmm. or whatever. And it it sort of hit me that he's trying to poison her. That he's oh, trying to, he's trying to like whoa. get rid of her and she's not taking it. She, all of her guards are like surrounding and she's like, you know, her, she's got guards stationed everywhere. And he says, the higher the risk, the higher the reward. And I was like, oh. I did, I did not pick up on that at all. I didn't. But the other thing, the other thing that tipped me off is that when he is told they're going to, you know, the guards come, he takes all of his rings off. And yeah. we know that, like, from Littlefinger and Elena, like, you have to smuggle poison in. And I thought, oh, he's probably got some poison. And I think one of the sand snakes, maybe um, Ilaria Sand, had something in a ring i can't remember if i'm misremembering that yeah but i sort of watched it and thought oh yeah that's probably why he took them off and it's also he's been trying to poison her right. and that doesn't work wow okay that okay well, that throws into a whole new light he was i mean conleth hill who played him was was like pretty pissed off at the time he mm. said um quoting he did an interview where he said i took it very personally i took it as a person not as an actor or an artist uh, you can't help feeling that you failed in some way that you haven't lived up to some expectation that you didn't know oh, about isn't Which that is awful like, at the time nothing could console me i kept thinking what did i do wrong there wasn't any pre-warning uh this was just reading cold hard copy he was bummed he didn't get a final scene with Littlefinger. um when asked about how he felt about Varys's actions against nearest he said, all brilliant, all noble. He was absolutely true to his word the whole way through. All he wanted was the right person on the throne and a fair person on the throne. Um, I think, I think his, you know, Varys did, you know, and that's what I wrote. He, all he wanted, you know, he served the crown. He did not serve, he did not mm. serve the king or queen. He served the crown. Um, yeah, yeah. It's, in, it's really, it's, it's a really good quote and it's so sad. I mean, I presume that scene... Like the, because I just thought, oh, it's you. You got up to the final, like penultimate episode. Like, stop moaning. That's pretty good going. Yeah, but there's, the next episode probably took another like four weeks to film or something. So like, I can see why having he to was get at the that read. F- he, he was at the read through from it as well. So you saw there's a great shot, you know, where where John is reading where they do oh, yeah. the final episode where John's finding out what happens to Daenerys. Conleth is sat next to Amelia Clark and like throws his script down in disgust and sits back with his arms folded. Like really, kind of like petulant. It's great. Oh like God. proper. I was just going to say, like proper Mad Mary moment. And I think yeah. that, like, maybe he's kind of like, hang on a sec. Why the fuck is Bron there? Why is Brienne there? Why is uh, Grey Worm there? Um, hello. Yeah. <laughs> you know. Well, I suppose the difference is they can all fight, and that's what this episode. It's it's you know, there's not a lot of room for the. Elena Tyrells or the... Yeah, where would Varys have gone? That's a good point. Where would he have stood? This is the thing. I think I think what the show... We found this with Littlefinger last season. They're sort of going, look, some people just haven't got a lot to stick around for. But what I would say with Varys is, yeah, he does believe... Again, it just has to happen, right? But I'm like, yeah. oh, so you think John, who you've only just met, is going to be better? Why? Yeah. Because the thing that they say and the thing that I think they lean a little heavy on is like... Oh, Targaryens, they're either mad or they're not. 
and there's a coin that gets flipped. And I'm like, that is really lazy, <laughs> really lazy yeah. writing to just be like, you're either absolutely batshit or you're lovely. I think that was probably written, that line, that section was probably written in retrospect because it kind of stuck out a bit. I really. think that, yeah. But I Where, think also, like, John is a Targaryen, so you're like, why is he any better? Like, yeah. And I suppose yeah. it's, again, it's just that thing that this episode had a lot of, like, the nearest is crossed that Tyrion said to this. And, <coughs> you know, there's a lot of, like, whisper network stuff, but it feels like a whole season's worth happens in one episode. And that's the sort yeah. of thing I don't like. What yeah. I do like is... Yeah, once it kicks off. I mean, Cersei keeps a lot of civilians between... Before we get there, sorry, before we get there, just on the John and uh, Danny thing, before we get there, why why is John just not seeing what Danny is at this point? Why is he being so divvy? Just going, she's my queen. And Tyrion and and Varys are kind of like, you know, she's going to... It's a fucking disaster. Well, I think probably because... If she's not around, then he almost definitely has to be king, but he doesn't want to be king. So if he can convince everybody that she's the right person, it absolves him of having to that do just, it. That just feels so out of character. It really does. It does. He's, he's, I think he's got a, a real of... sense of duty. You know, if someone, if he was just like, fuck, it has to be me. There is no other way. You know, if he was faced with like, look, you've got a choice. You're either king of the seven kingdoms and sit on the iron throne, or she's just going to go and burn a load of mm. fucking kids. You know, yeah. For him to go, oh yeah, but she's my queen. I just someone that, needs that to be felt a little bit. A little someone bit needs to be in her corner, and I suppose the the simple answer is, if they did want to get rid of her, it would be quite easy, and yeah. they don't really, you know. But yeah, it's it's naive, and and I think again with John, I think sometimes they think, oh, he's so noble. Yeah. Uh, to a fault, we should hit that beat as much as we can. But yeah. I do think it, it robs him of the ability to make informed decisions. I mean, he yeah. does do it eventually. He does, yeah. But anyway, sorry, I interrupted. You were saying we. The thing I, the, yeah, the thing that I think the, the episode does quite well is sort of distinguish. It's like Cersei's got a load of civilians between her and the entrance to King's Landing. Yeah, she's bait. She's using children and innocent people as bait. Don't be like Cersei. And that's the line. And I do think it's effective that she crosses it and she's worse. I mean, Cer- Cersei puts those people there. Daenerys kills them. Like, it, she yeah. goes beyond. And I, I got that, that a lot more. I got it. It's just kind of a little cack-handed at times. But yeah. I like I think- the... the they establish what is at stake. And they I thought they did a really good job of explaining everything in relation, like physically. When she's on Drogon, she's flying around. Yeah, yeah, you yeah. Know. And you, it was very, yeah, you're right. The blocking of it was 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 brilliant. I think the, the, my problem with it, with that, is that up until, <clears throat> up until the bell was ring, I just didn't really, Cersei, um, I didn't really fear Daenerys in the same way that I feared no. Cersei. You know, Cersei just looks malevolent and, and mm-hmm. kind of, you know, and Danny's just a bit benign. And, and until, and, and, and I think it's, I'm sorry, it's a performance issue. Um, you know, there's the bit at the beginning where she was with Varys and even before that, where she, where she was with Tyrion, where it was just like, she, all she's done is not brushed her hair. That's the only mm. indication we've got is that she's kind of losing it a bit. She's, and but it wasn't until the Bells thing that it actually it was like when when she really went. It was like there we go. That's what. Why haven't we seen that until yeah. now? I, also, you know? I think it's weird that like I get this weird lack of like I guess it's just Westeros sexism. But like they're all they've all got these strategies, and she's like, no, I'm gonna just go fly around and burn stuff. And they're like, no, 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 we've got this whole plan. And like, wouldn't you think? I mean, she's not an idiot. Like, yeah. she sort of reminds me of like a horse girl, you know, like really posh girls that love horses where they're like all about like, okay, and we'll flank the left wing and then we'll do da 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 And then she's like, and I fly on my dragon. And they're like, yeah, sure. You can yeah, fly yeah. on your dragon if you want. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And then we're going to, then this, uh, this team are going to go here and they're going to go clockwise. And then she's like, and I'll be flying. <laughs> and I'll be flying my dragon. And then I'll, I'll be just flying fly. the dragon, not killing gonna... children. And they're and like, yeah. Yeah, and as you try and enter, I'm going to blow up a tower that showers yeah. 
huge rocks and debris over all of you. So who knows? Good luck, everyone. Uh, yeah. Also, here's something that this is really improved on a rewatch. Um, so, okay, she takes out like all the Greyjoy ships in like four minutes. Yeah. And I remember thinking, yeah, how <clears throat> fucking convenient, right? Get rid of all the scorpions that are these big crossbows. Yeah. But so last episode, Rhaegal got killed. Yeah. And in season seven, uh, Viserion got killed. Yeah. Yeah. Um, she has this totally different approach this time because the last two times the dragons are just kind of like wafting around really low and they get shot. Yeah. And this time she comes in and she sort of flies over the sun and bl- they can't see her. And she, yeah, and I got did the think, sun, sun, sun to the back of her and she dive bombs. Yeah, yeah. she dive bombs. And she realizes <laughs> that the way to not get killed by one of these things is to keep moving. Mm. And it's actually, I was like, oh, this is, this is clever. This is kind of interesting. She's like, and it's that, that, that felt like it maybe on the first time I watched it, I didn't give it enough credit. No, I saw that because, because you saw them trying to move the scorpions. They were going quicker, quicker. Yeah. yeah it, was, it had kind of like a Dan Busters kind of feel to it. Yeah. It? And it felt yeah. like she'd learned something and it felt mm. like she knew that they couldn't move very fast. So the more she moved, the harder it was. And I thought that was really good. I was like, ah, oh, this is really clever. This is good. Um, and then, yeah, I mean, we should talk about the, you know, the bells, the titular bells. I um, had completely forgotten about the whole plot of the bells. About So so just for those at the back, i.e. me, um, this was all, this all stemmed from Tyrion and Jamie's yeah. conversation where Tyrion was like, for fuck's sake, don't die in there. Get her out. Make sure the bell, once we hear the bells, we'll know that you've surrendered. Mm-hmm. Ring the fucking bells, no matter what. And then go through the tunnels that we, that lead to, from Flea Bottom into the, the Red Keep, which we saw in House yeah. of the Dragon, probably. Yeah. Something like that, yeah. Um, and go and get Cersei, get in a boat and just sail past the, the sail off into Pentos. Um, that was it, right? Basically, yeah, that was that was the the rough plan. I'd forgotten all about that. I had no idea. I watched this. I was like, "Why is this called the bells?" Can't remember. <laughs> <laughs> but the other thing is that, like, it's it's like um, the bells kind of drive her mad in a way that, it, again, it does happen quite quickly. But like, that's one of the things I still don't really get my head around. But also, well, is it, it because it was never really? How did anyone tell Daenerys about the bells? <laughs> this is the thing. Like, she's been so busy fucking flying around on a dragon. Because and everyone was waiting. Like, everyone's John and Grey Worm, and everyone's, like, looking at the bells, like, John breathes a sigh of relief. It's like, no one's told the nutcase on, on the fucking... We need a different system. We need yeah. a different system for Madam up in the sky. But yeah. she kind of goes crazy and then just decides to kill everyone. Now, I get the, I get the sort of... I get that over the course of this, it's like, I don't want to hurt innocent people. But then what she says, I can't, I'm going to paraphrase because I can't remember. I didn't write this down. But she sort of feels like everyone that comes after this is innocent, but everyone in King's Landing is like part of the problem. Right. Which is, you know, that is like a terrorist talking. That's kind of genocide, yeah. <laughs> it's genocidal as fuck. And it's weird because it's just, she's not been, you know, she kind of said, well, when I went to Marine, everyone in the city killed the the masters. That's yeah. what everyone needs to do here. And they're not doing that. I think it is a little, like, it's really twisted and it doesn't really make sense. I don't think it's supposed to make sense, but also... I do like the idea and we sort of saw it a little bit in the last episode where like, even though she'd been riding a dragon for like five years, everyone was like, Hey, John sat on a dragon. That's so cool. And I feel like there's part of her that's like, I just need to like cleanse the entire country. And it's awful. to It sounds awful even just saying it, but you can see the logic of like, do you know what? I don't like any of these people. I think if I just start again, (laughs) Well, she said, she said to Tyrion, or was it to John? She says, I don't have love here. I only have fear. You know, that's what she yeah. said. It's kind of yeah. like, so you can kind of see it. It's like, well, no one here loves, no one here likes me. So fuck them. You know, they don't think I'm their savior. Yeah. That's the thing that, that I think she, it's just one of those things like the first time you started like liberating people, they were fucking obsessed with you. And now you think everyone who liberates you has to like 
name their children wish, after yeah. you. Otherwise, Lisa, they hate Lisa. you. Yeah, Otherwise, yeah, they're yeah. just like, oh, yeah. she's just going around being like, that orphan thinks I'm an absolute cunt. Yeah. It's like, no, no, they're, they're just, just upset that you burnt that you burnt their house. Yeah, you down. literally killed yeah. all their family, and they don't yeah. have a I don't have a wall on their yeah. house now. And, um, yeah. But I, yeah, it kind of, I I think it's it's really it's a really difficult point to get to, like narratively, it doesn't make a lot of sense, but. I think it could have just done with that, um, you know, Kill Bill, when she hears that music, when it goes like, that's weird. That would have really helped. Just that little thing. (laughs) You're like, oh, she's going psycho. Um, It is, it's fun to watch though, when, when, when she goes apeshit. I mean, it's, it's just absolutely. It was one of her best, like, you know, that, that, her, her, her face when she, when she decides is actually great. You know, it's like, ah, that's scary to hear. That's actually a bit kind of like, whoa, that's a bit threatening. That, that, yeah. It's like, finally, you know, finally. Yeah. So I, I did really enjoy that. And I enjoyed, from then on in, I really liked it. I liked, it was borderline comedic, wasn't it, with Cersei. Poor Cersei hardly had anything to do with this series, apart from standing yeah. at that bloody window. Um, <clears throat> but I did enjoy her kind of, Shiv Roy style eye acting as she's kind of realizing she's watching, like you say, the the the, the geography of the of the episode was great and seeing it kind of gradually burning from afar. Although it's like, how far away was that? when they were burning the wall? I presumed it was like two hundred yards away mm. from like the Red Keep. Yeah, it was, it was like miles away, wasn't it? It's was like yeah. sort of in the in the in the very distance. It was absolutely miles away. Yeah. Yeah, but um, it's one of those things as well that, like, the scale of King's Landing, I feel like we've not really had a great sense of that so far. So when you get, you watch the episode, you're like, fucking hell, I never realised how big it was. Yeah, massive. you only spend most massive. of it in, like, one part. Yeah. Um, um, but I did enjoy, you know, her self-admission of defeat was was, mm. was was really well done, I thought. You know, why Kyburn stuck around for as long as he did, I've got no idea. It's like, mate, you're supposed to be the clever one. I'd have legged it. I'd have been like, I'm out of here. I'm going to go and... Do you think he thought Cersei would win? So he was like, what have I got to... Well, he's back to... I mean, maybe you're just like, fuck it, I'm in for a penny, in for a pound. I may as well stick it out now. Yeah. I ain't gonna, I'm, I, no one's... They're never going to let me live if they find me. Um, um, we sort of see, like, everyone go a bit crazy and John has to stop he kills one of his own men doesn't he because he's yeah, like for, gone like to mad the, yeah here's the thing right mm-hmm. as you know a true christian raised well good manners never say boo to a goose you yes me yes that's me yes right, fine. don't look too surprised there's all this chaos going on right and everyone's running around stabbing people mm-hmm. and a soldier's like I think I just feel like in the mood to rape someone. Like I thought exactly right, the same thing. It's like right there. You, have you got? Can you have a? Have you got? Have you got a hard on there, mate? Because Honestly, that's really weird. Yeah. I just was like this. I'm not saying there is a good time to rape at all, <laughs> but you couldn't have picked a worse time. Like, what the fuck are you thinking? I just found yeah. it. I was just like, what? it's so weird. But like. It's almost like the show has like it's everything is dialed up so much that there's no other way to show people the losing their mind. Yeah. That it's just like, oh, this guy's gonna just go and try and rape someone. You're like, what? What yeah. on earth? Anyway. Yeah. Good sidebar. Um good sidebar. Let's take let's take a break and come back. I think it's probably a good place to take pause and think about what we've just said. We'll be back right after this. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Uh, welcome oh, back dear. to Drunkast. Uh We're covering season eight, episode five of Game of Thrones, the penultimate Game of Thrones. Uh, the Bells, I'm Jamie East. And I'm Chris Mandel. So, um, 
we've we've moved past. Uh, I enjoyed Tyrion and Jamie's last chat. I did. I know we, we, we I kind of glossed over that, but that was their kind of like final moment. And you know, where what does he said? Tyrion just said, "You were all I had. You were the only person I had." And I, I loved that. And you did. It did. There were some satisfying moments in this. I hated, hated, hated it then, and I hated it now. Okay. The Euron and Jamie fight. Awful. Was, awful, was awful. Just, just, it kind of made it. I watched it again. I was just like, what was the fucking point of Euron Greyjoy? I think there it was, was no yeah. need for him to be in the show. He served no purpose. No, I completely agree. I also think it didn't have to be, he didn't have to be so bad. Like, like I just, I just think they really, they tried so hard to make him into this villain that he just, I mean, he feels like he's on a, from another show. And I think that's what's so. It feels like he's from Pirates of the Caribbean. For, for sure. Yeah. Honestly, if you told me he worked at Disneyland on the like pirate ride, I'd believe you. Like, yeah, I, I, no, I, you know, that's not, he's a great actor, but it, it speaks to a broader thing, which is that no one is putting the time in to go, this is what this character is. And, mm. you know, I think that like, he, there's just not time for him to figure this out. So everything has to be louder and more maximalist. And it's like, what a waste, what an absolute waste of his, of, of um, Jamie's like screen time to have him fight in this prick. Because what um, did he do? What? Did he well, they had him as a romantic anything? rival. This is the thing, because it was sort of implied that he was shagging Cersei. And Cersei needed more people to act against. Like, it's honestly, like, you, she she just needs people to have in her corner, because otherwise you're just like, well, everyone's going to just kill Cersei, aren't they? So I, I can see why you need more to counterweight all the characters. Yeah. But yeah, I didn't like that at all. I also, oh, there was a line I did write down, um... Jamie's like when when King's Landing is like falling and I think he's trying to get out with Cersei he's like I didn't really care for them that much anyway and it's like no you killed the Mad King because you wanted to protect everybody in King's Landing and I, yeah. it just stuff like that really does get under my skin even now because it's like that is such a specific line of dialogue that undoes so much work and if you want him to say, if it's that he's feeling nihilistic in the wake of everything, that's fine. But to just, it, it yeah, there, there the, was a better, there was a better line there to be had. Yeah. There's some of the, the scripts are just so like, I just find it so disappointing even now, like how uneven the show can be. Yeah. Um, but I, as you said at the top of the episode, I think Jamie and Cersei kind of getting buried and it happening in such an unceremonious way is, mm kind of amazing actually like yeah in hindsight I, I was I, I kind of like understood the kind of ire that people were just like we wanted a standoff we wanted there to be a tense like sword moment it, you know her to be beheaded or you know Daenerys her to like meet Drogon or, or whatever but you know, she got what she deserved she deserved to be buried under this rubble that she created she could have stopped that at any time and she chose not to yeah yeah it's it's a very good episode though and I think that Let's just say the red keeps never fall and it won't fall today. It's just like, it's literally falling. It's like, I can see it right like, there. You're watching it fall. Yeah. It's literally falling. Yeah, it's, yeah, there's some funny li- funny lines in it. But I think, um, I thought all the stuff with Arya was great. I thought, you know, she has like a whole season's worth of character development in one episode where she's trying to figure out what she wants is she going to be defined by violence is she gonna yeah is this going to satisfy her and she realizes that like walking away from it is is the hardest thing to do and it might be the best thing for her i really i thought that was really affecting the bit that is that i still was like triggered by is when she like saves that um that family and then like the mum dies and it all goes wrong and she sort of it's kind of like oh yeah because you got involved they're dead and it it is so awful (laughs) Yeah, and I I really I think sometimes Game of Thrones can just give everyone a hero complex, and they don't want everyone so virtuous, um, especially towards the end where people are either very very good or very bad. And I think to just have Arya go through this like really relentlessly bleak, traumatizing thing. Well, that's what happened. That was what turned her, wasn't it? That's what where she realized, you know, she yeah. John John's the one. John's the Stark that can save people and does. Yeah. She's yeah. the one that kills people, and she's the face. You know, she's 
she's an assassin and she's she's better in the shadows than being out there trying to get get shit done for other people yeah yeah, yeah. it just it's this sort of scale of it all is actually it i think it does work in hindsight in a way and yeah i, I just mean, her, her character's so well fleshed out though isn't it anyway you know she's probably more than any of them I would, I would probably argue that she, she had the biggest kind of journey, and it, even you know the final words with the hound and and Arya on were were a kind of an elongated version of what do we say to the god of death, you know? Yeah. Because that's what the hound is saying. You go up those steps, you're going to die. And she looked at those steps and said, "Not today," and just turned around. You know, it was it, it was a brilliant, brilliant moment. Yeah, yeah. It's just. Um... You know, I was thinking about this earlier today when I was sort of making some notes for the the show and, you know, the, the biggest, most loudest criticism is that there just hasn't been enough time. And I think mm. this show could have dealt with this change in behaviour a little better. Um, I think what we've got is still really solid, but like, yeah, I do find it confusing at times. Uh, and I think also just like the, the like, let's do six episodes, but still still trying to fit 10 episodes worth of plot in um yeah but it's a really yeah this would have been stretched over two episodes wouldn't it or just Daenerys Daenerys would have gone crazy at the end of the episode one and then then Cersei's death would have been the end of episode two and I think also just as soon as she lands to Westeros you know you've got her landing in season seven and as soon as you land you have her feeling out of place and struggling with every single part of it. I mean, should they do that in seasons in all of this season? It's, but it's been more like boohoo. People don't like me. I sort of think it's really interesting if, okay, you want this your whole life. What if you get here and you don't want it anymore mm. rather than because people are mean to me, I'm going to murder like a hundred thousand people. Like I think so much of her identity was, I need to return. Um, but yeah, it's... She didn't even seem that comfortable at Dragonstone, did she, really? No, and it, it, it just feels, yeah, they, it could have been shaded in a bit more, this idea that, like, I've been so... Conv- I've been so convinced I should come here. Now I'm here, I don't know what I'm doing, or I don't, mm. you know, I miss miss my old life, or, like, I don't yeah. know. I guess it's sort of what... Arya goes through right she's like my whole thing has been these people that I'm going to kill and now I don't need to or they've all died or what if I don't do it anyway Um, but I guess in that sense Daenerys does the thing Arya doesn't she goes down that path so maybe you can actually draw parallels between Arya and Daenerys in this episode yeah no that's Um, a good point that's a good point that is a good point there we go okay that was the last it's crazy that we're nearly at the end. I know, it is nuts. It really is. I've enjoyed nuts. it a lot. I have enjoyed this season. I have. Yeah, I have as well. And it's it, it's flown by. Like really flown really has. by. Yeah, um, it really has. It's it's been a it's, it has been a lot of fun. And I, I I still have all the same love for the show that I that I had before. Mm. Um yeah, I I kind of I'm fully on board with it. I think also because we've been talking a lot about um you know, scenes, dialogue, character stuff. But like, mm. like if people listening are not rewatching, I really urge you to watch it. It is cinematic as fuck. Mm. It's so yeah, good. It really and is. I think it is one of those things that the scale of it, it really, really shines through on a rewatch when you're not as fixated on uh, what does this mean for the next episode or like, trying to like get all the Easter eggs. Like when you just take it in, it is really, yeah. really yeah. impressive. A couple of comments uh, from the long night and the last of the Starks episode mm-hmm. from uh, Vixter. Thanks Vixter. Uh, long night was great. Huge television achievement. My gripe was that John's dragon landed on the battlements, but didn't use its fire to ignite the trench. That made no sense to me, especially when it was clear it hadn't been lit. Um, Good point. F- fair point. I agree that Bran is frustrating. I kept waiting for him to do something significant. Arya's weapon. Ah, this was it. I think this is a question I asked about Arya's weapon, wasn't it? Arya's weapon was designed to split in two, so she could have more ability to use it in the fight, which we see her do. I missed that. I'm sorry. Um, episode four is the season eight ep I really don't like. Um, unlike. Uh, da, 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 
too much is packed in, too much is mm. given, there's no room to breathe. Many still think Jamie left Brienne the morning after and not weeks later. I did. I thought it was the morning after. I thought it was the morning after. Well, not according to Vixter. Vixter said So they'd just been after. shagging around for a few weeks at Winterfell? Yeah, yeah, just banging each other's brains out. Wow. Um, we didn't see any of the turmoil he went through. Well, do we know that for sure that it was weeks? Because that... We might need a second opinion we need a second opinion on that. Um, I mean, it's amazing then, that we do, it's amazing that we've got no perception of <laughs> yeah. what happened. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's not like they can just, have, it's not like they have calendars at Winterfell being like, oh, yeah. it's now March, but you know, it would be helpful. Yeah. And been, said, sorry, Jamie, I disagree with you. Oh dear. Um, on uh, what? The long night. I th- oh, because I always say that I think the long night should be the, um, should be the final episode. Uh, the Long Night has to happen before the final battle for the throne. In The Long Night, Daenerys loses a lot of her team. Dothraki, the Unsullied, plus Jorah, along with the love and adoration. She sees people give to Jon. She's been bonkers since season one, but what with the quality of the writing taking a dip? Ooh, they do this so you don't think it came from nowhere. Well, I still think... I think that's a fair point, though, about, like, she needs to lose some stuff and uh, maybe... Maybe she needs to lose stuff in the fight that she does for John in order to, for that relationship to weaken. Yeah. They yeah, have a good yeah. alliance until, and then she's like, hang on a minute. Good point. Yeah. Good yeah. point. But it wasn't Jorah that sent him out. It was, didn't it? It was Missandei and the dragon. But yeah, I, I tell you your point. And, and as ever, thank you for everybody getting in touch. Um, we have had lots of people asking that we do a second, um, this is unrelated to Game of Thrones, a second succession finale uh, mock-up. <gasps> Do you know what? I was going to suggest this to you. I think we should do two. Maybe we do, because we missed so much stuff. I got quite a lot wrong. I got the song wrong. What song? You you know the song I played that I thought was Carl was playing, uh, singing in the the video with Logan? Yeah, was it not? Oh, Where the Rush. I put something like Where the Rushes Grow O, or whatever it was, because that's what I saw on 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 the internet I, and it's yeah. oh where the rashes grow oh by fucking oh it's not like you thought it was like abba or something it's not no like... no i just got one letter wrong and got the wrong song but um there we go it's an actual burns poem there's yeah. there is loads more i kept thinking this when we did the episode i was like oh because i've not stopped thinking about it <laughs> I, know, um, I know i was like we could do like a little 20 minute mop up Maybe we should. Maybe we should. Um, love I'll that. Get my fa- I'll get my face eggs on the calendar and we'll yeah. have a look at it. Yeah. Um, but that's it until the live stream. Until we'll the live stream. So we'll, we'll figure out a date ASAP, Rocky. Yeah. Um, and we'll let people know as soon as we can. But it is just complicated yeah. with everything outside of yeah. this. I know. But we do, we do desperately want to do it because it'd be nice to see each other in person. Oh, I know. And we also need to actually sit down and plan what we're going to do for Dragoncast 2.0. Yeah. Whatever, whatever and do entails. we need a new name or not? Um, do you know what? Someone else asked me that today. Mm. I'm interested in what the listeners think. I kind of don't think so. Yeah, I agree. I kind of think, look, we're always... To give you some insight in where our mind's at currently... We need to broaden it out to other shows, as we have done with the OA and with Succession and stuff like that. I don't think we're going to, unless there's like a, a series that warrants a, a mm. weekly episode um, that we can both do professionally and, and, and whatnot, then it's likely that we're going to just talk about great stuff, about great TV yeah. and involve yeah. you guys a lot more. Um, but I think the dragon cast name will stay because ultimately we are predominantly home of house of the dragon. Yes. As soon, as soon as house of the dragon comes back, all bets are off and, uh, and we'll, be yeah. getting, we'll, we'll be getting straight into that. That makes sense. So also, we need to work out when we're going to do that. And I think we're also toying with a few different ways of creating. Yeah. We, we wanted to sort of take, uh, advantage of the fact that like there is too much telly to cover like it's not like it was where you could all watch the same thing and so to do a show in excruciating detail as we are want to do it becomes very hard when you haven't got an obvious show to do because you've got an option of either covering a show that's less good in a level of detail that no one wants exactly <laughs> or yeah. what might be a more obvious option is we check in with things more regularly but we are sort of kicking things off and then maybe we check back in if the finale of something is good or there's a really yeah, good yeah, yeah. talking point. And that might allow us to have a more informal and 
regular check-in about what we're yeah. watching without how it goes. committing you know, to yeah. 75 hours of a Norwegian <laughs> drama. And we'll, um, see, we'll, see, we'll see how it goes. We can, we can be pretty nebulous with it. For instance, next week, we've got an interview with Catherine Parkinson and Youssef Kakur, who are uh, stars of a new ITVX rom-com kind of yes. thing uh, called Significant Other. I've seen it. It's great. You know, it's not our usual wheelhouse, uh, but but they're great guests. And, and so they're, they're popping in to say hi next Maybe week. you can sell me on it because I haven't seen it yet. Okay. Well, That's we'll what we that. can do. And then we can yeah. hear from the guys. Perfect, 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 perfect. Okay, uh, Dragoncasters, thank you so much. Uh, it's almost over. Hold on tight. We know what happens. It ain't going to make it any more fun. <laughs> we're still saying, it's like saying goodbye all over again. So until then, Dracaris. Dracaris. If you'd like to get involved in the podcast, just head over to Twitter at Dragoncast underscore pod or email dragoncast at daftdoris.com and leave us your Easter eggs, predictions and thoughts on the show. You can also watch this episode over on our YouTube channel. Just search for Dragoncast Jamie East. Any support, whether it's a follow, a share, a mention to your friend on the bus or a tattoo on your backside is very much appreciated. Dragoncast is hosted by me, Jamie East, along with Chris Mandel and is a Daft Doris production. Head over to Hulu this March, where our new shows and movies will keep you streaming all month long. Catch the award-winning movie, Poor Things, starring Emma Stone, Mark Ruffalo, and Willem Dafoe. Check out the new documentary, Freaknik, The Wildest Party Never Told, about the iconic Atlanta street party. And don't miss FX's Shogun, a reimagining of the epic tale starring Anna Sawai. So, what are you waiting for? Go stream something new on Hulu. Spring? Is that you? Warmer temps mean new Allbirds styles. Meet the Super Light Collection, the lightest ever shoes from Allbirds, now in fresh colors. These must-have travel shoes have a lighter-than-air feel and barely-there fit that made them the most packable shoes ever. That means more comfort and less baggage. Try the Super Light Tree Runner with a cushy foam midsole and breathable eucalyptus fiber upper. Plus, they're comfy right out of the box. So what can you do in a Super Light shoe? What can't you do is the better question. And because they're super packable, the real question is, where are you taking them? Experience how Allbirds redefines comfort. Visit Allbirds.com and use code SUPER24 for a free pair of socks with a purchase of $48 or more. That's A-L-L-B-I-R-D-S dot com. Code SUPER24.